0: Welcome to episode 13 of Beyond the Veil, a podcast all about Harry Potter and mental health. I hope that you've all had a great Mental Health Awareness Month. May is now coming to a close, and we're coming to you with our final interview of this month. Emily Wilhelm Riley is in the field of social work, and mental health is one of many things she deals with in her professional life. We talked about how Potter helps her connect with the youth she's working with talking about everything from sorting to Patronuses in the Mirror of Erised. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond the Veil. Today, we are speaking with Emily Wilhelm Reilly. Emily, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, Will you start off by kind of introducing yourself to all of our listeners?
1: Sure. Um, I am 27. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Um, I've lived here uh, all my life, mostly. Um, I uh, am a Hufflepuff.
0: Oh, yay.
1: Yes, so um, definitely straight up hufflepuff Um, but i'm (laughs) surrounded by a lot of gryffindors in my life i feel like so basically the whole rest of my family my husband all gryffindors so i'm becoming a little more gryffindor as i get older i think (laughs) um i work in social work um with foster youth Um, i've been doing that for about three years um other things about me I like to play sports I play a lot of soccer love to travel hang out with my dogs and my husband um do you want me to say other uh, Harry Potter things
0: yeah go ahead
1: um so my um, Patronus uh, is a hedgehog so oh, that, that's
0: amazing! <laughs> I know. I
1: really. I know some people are pretty disappointed with their Pottermore um, patronuses, but I, I enjoy mine. Um, mm. And my favorite book right now, um, it changes. I feel like it used to be a tie between as- *Prisoner of Azkaban* and *Half Blood Prince*, but as I've been rereading, I think *Goblet of Fire* has been sticking out to me more. Ooh. Um, so I just, yeah, I'm just enjoying that that middle piece of everything. Um, absolutely yeah and then my favorite movies I always go back to the first two Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets just for the the comfort and yeah I just I just love the first two
0: yeah that nostalgia factor is hard to beat Mm -hmm. Um, so when did your journey with the Potter series begin
1: um, I don't remember a time before Harry Potter, really. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> my pa- my parents started reading my sister and I the first book probably when I was like I think I was probably in first grade or something. And then oh, wow. and then they would <laughs> they would uh, continue reading after we went to bed because they were enjoying it too. Um, but then um, yeah, soon after that I took over and was nonstop reading them also. So um, yeah, basically. For as long as I can remember, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just forever. I feel like.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah,
1: but my siblings and I would always fight over the, the books and stuff because there's there's four of us in our family. I'm the oldest, um, and we're all about um, two grades apart, and so we're all we all came up together with with Harry Potter, and my parents would definitely not buy four copies of each book. So we had to kind of (laughs) work together to figure out who was getting what and who was reading faster. And okay, you can read two chapters and then you have to give it to me. So.
0: So you mentioned uh, that you work in social work um, and kind of with, you mentioned to me in your submission, you work with foster youth. Um, So if you can kind of talk to us a little bit about what you're, what you're doing in your job.
1: Um, So, I'm what's called a case coordinator um, for a private foster care agency, Um, and that means that um, our agency trains foster parents, and then we get referrals from the counties um, that are taking custody of kids um, who are going into foster care, and then we place kids with our families, and then it's my job to go out and work with the kids um, in their homes, in their foster homes. Um, work on behavior management, mental health, um, school issues, just the, I mean, the issues that we all deal with, but more specified towards the issues that come with being in foster care. Um, so can, I work with kids from, that are babies all the way up to, um, 21 actually, because in our state, um, kids can stay in care. Um, until 21, if if they have um, exceptional needs, so that's been neat to work oh, wow. with um, kids of all different ages. So they all have different different things that they have to focus on, but uh, everybody's dealing with an adjustment issue of some sort because they're out of their you know biological home. So so it's up to me to to try and uh, you know get to know them, figure out what their goals are, try and um, make things as um, you know, just work on the things that they want to work on, and, and try and make the transition as easy as possible. Whether they're going back home, whether they're going to be adopted in the future, um, just try and make that limbo period um, as as healthy as possible.
0: Yeah, that's a that's hard work, and that's really important work. Um.
1: Yeah, it's taken. It's it's. There's a lot of. I mean, you can go on for days and days about the sad sad stories that bring kids into care. Um, mm-hmm. But as I've been as I've been there for like I said three years it's gotten a little bit easier to kind of to separate those things and focus on the positive that I'm seeing and the positive changes um and not you just have to focus on those things or you get really bogged down in the bureaucracy and and just the sad stories that um each kid is coming to you with so
0: yeah well I can see how um you could incorporate Harry Potter into this, and you've shared that you have, uh, mm-hmm. which is really amazing. Um, can you talk about how you've incorporated Harry Potter into your work?
1: Mm-hmm. So um, when I so it's it's becoming less and less. I feel like there aren't as many kids in this the demographic that I'm working with that um, have already read Harry Potter. There are a few that um, are really into it when I meet them. Um, so around the, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 age, um, Mm -hmm. and like I, I was, I grew up, my parents reading it to me and not all these kids had people to sit down and read with them and to introduce them to these things. So when I get a couple of kids that I'm already, I know are into it, it just makes our get to know you period a little bit easier. Um, so, I usually start out, and if I can see, oh, they're wearing a Harry Potter shirt, I'm like, oh, I love your shirt. What house are you? And it's just that that um, icebreaker that makes it a little easier for them to talk to me because I'm a stranger, and even though I yeah. see them, um, i end up seeing them two, three, four times a month. Um, it, just, it just starts that out a little bit easier. So um, as time goes on, we can kind of get into, um, you know, go down – deeper into different levels of Harry Potter. So usually I like to start out, and this has only been a a few of my kids, like I said, but we start out, um, talking about sorting. And so I say, do you know what house you are? And if they do, then we can talk about, you know, what, what makes them, um, that house. Why do they think that they're a Gryffindor or a Slytherin or, or what, um, what makes them identify with that. Um, and then sometimes we'll take, we'll do like fun personality quizzes, or if they haven't been sorted on Pottermore, we'll do that. And then we can talk about, cause you know, the Pottermore quizzes, um, mm-hmm. they're long and, and each question is, you know, kind of vague, but to, to get to go through that with each kid, um, and kind of get what their answers are is really interesting and kind of can tell me a lot uh, about what they're going through. And then, um, you know, um, talking about what their favorite characters are which character do they relate to um, one kid in particular he was like I am Harry I relate so much to Harry and it just starts it's it's just conversation starters that um, make it uh, a little easier to to talk about the hard things um,
0: yeah I am uh, curious have you ever have you been able to introduce anybody to the Harry Potter books who hasn't read it before uh,
1: not yet. I mean, unless I've, I've said like, Oh, I really like Harry Potter. Then a teenager later on goes out and reads it. Um, they right. haven't, yeah, I haven't really gotten, um, that far yet, but that's my goal. It's definitely on my list mm-hmm. to try and uh, introduce kids to it. But some kids are, you know, they're too cool for school and, and
0: they, <laughs> right.
1: they're like, Oh no, but it just depends. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to be able to incorporate it, um, A little bit more as I you know work through
0: yeah this job and there are I know there are some more like going in through more you know the like uh, looking into the more specific parts of traits and like decision-making you know like Mm -hmm. the the Pottermore uh, you get more into that and then there are even deeper subjects that you can sort of delve into Mm -hmm. um, that are more related to you know, like, issues they may be facing. Um, can you talk a little about that?
1: Mm-hmm. So um, the the one that I really, I think, was really powerful for me was um, talking about um, dementors and the Patronus charm. So um, I talked with a kid about um, what is the thing that you would hear when a dementor would come close, like Harry, What what is a... I was a Dementor active in your life, and then what is the memory that you have that would help you, that what you would think about to, to produce your Patronus, and and this was a kid that didn't have a lot of happy memories, but he was able to come up with a time that he felt safe, and got that warm glow, and that, you know, kind of was like Harry's was not real, it wasn't, um, something that he experienced a lot in his life but it was something that he was able to remember from his past and it said that he could think about that when he is going through um his dementor times or his um the times when he's feeling depressed about where he's at in his life or um things like that so the that dementor conversation and the patronus conversation i think is really i mean it's really i mean it can get really deep really quick Um, yeah so that was really awesome um and then also um, asking a question, what would you see in the mirror of Erised? What's your deepest desire? What are the things that, that you know, you want for your life? And I, you can talk about goal setting and, and for, even if they can't say it, a lot of times these kids are looking for safety and stability and family. And mm. I think that's really relatable um, with Harry because he hasn't known a real family. Um, so that was a... A really cool question also but I mean yeah. there's like endless 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 ways to to incorporate it and especially talking about grief and loss and thestrals and in positive ways to deal with grief and and not so healthy ways to deal with grief that's that's a mm-hmm. big one too um so I would talk about like well so Luna seems to have a good grasp on grief and she lost her mom um but she's able to um, accept the Thestrals and talk about, um, the good memories that she has with her mom, but also accept like, yeah, it's going to be sad sometimes. And then we see the, the people who didn't deal as well with their grief. Like I would put Snape in that category and, Mm -hmm. and Harry sometimes he's, I mean, he just doesn't have anyone to talk to about the people that he's lost. And, um, so just that, um, process that you go through when you're grieving and, um, how we can deal with it in a healthy way.
0: Definitely, I think Harry's a wonderful role model in that we can see what to do sometimes, and also what not to do through him.
1: And I think that's when when um, people talk about uh, all caps lock Harry and Harry in the In Order of the Phoenix, where he's just yelling and mad, and that's so it goes straight to to trauma informed care because that. We talk about um the fight flight freeze hyper vigilance reactions so mm-hmm. if you're going through trauma those are the things that you're gonna go to before you um t- to try and make yourself feel safe so obviously harry's is his fight he's angry he's not sure what to do and that's um just i mean comes straight from watching cedric die and being yeah. attacked yearly and i mean he is suffering and he does not know how to handle it. And so that's why he's, you know, it, it just Mm -hmm. changed my, my reading of, of the fifth book completely when I thought about it from like a post-traumatic stress point of view. So.
0: Was it a, was that something that you learned in, uh, through your work or through school or something?
1: Um, through, I, I've gone through a lot of, um, trauma-informed trainings. And, um, Mm -hmm. um, when we talked about, the, the, the trauma reactions, the fight, flight, freeze, hypervigilance, because you can see it in, in, um, in Mad-Eye Moody too. He is, you know, constant vigilance. That's the same thing. That's his, his outlet for it, for his trauma is to always be on guard and to put up a wall between people. And Harry's, it was just so obvious after that, like, Oh, this is not just him being a moody teenager. This is him trying to protect himself and, and try and express his feelings. Um, but he's doing it in the, in the fight way. Right. Of,
0: uh, you know, so. That's uh, a, <clears throat> I think it's important for people to have that reading of Caps Lock Harry, mm-hmm. just, you know, it's a, uh, there's some compassion needed there. Um, yeah. And uh, has, Um, I guess if you went through training, you know, your training is there to help prepare you for Um, working with youth who may have, uh, you know, trauma in their backgrounds. But Mm -hmm. I'm curious if uh, that perspective, knowing like Order of the Phoenix, Harry, if that informed your ability to work with these youth at all?
1: I think so. Um, I think it's easy for for people that are, you know, past that age of 15 to say, oh, teenagers are so dramatic. And so everything is an issue, blah, blah. I mean, it's, it's easy to write teens off. Um, but when you go back and read it as an adult and with that, um, you know, information in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, okay, this is real and this is happening, you know, in their real life. And I think that when I get teenagers on my caseload that I'm just it's hard for me to relate like okay you're going through a lot of drama at school there's a lot of gossip going around or this you know things that seem small um it helps mm-hmm. remind me that okay there's a reason behind these things it's not just that they called you a name it's it's the feelings behind that it's where it it sent you in your mind and so yeah. I think I think that is yeah a, a way to to go into my job is to remember. Okay, remember Caps Lock, Harry. It was for a reason. It wasn't just because he wanted to yell and, and be dramatic. So.
0: Right. <laughs> and that's that's really wonderful. And I think it's so amazing that you've been able to integrate Harry Potter into your professional life in such a productive way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would
1: love to write up like a, a trauma workbook and you know like make it a more formalized. Um, version of it that that you can I mean you could go through all the books through all lots of different subjects and and you can find little nuggets of of you know knowledge everywhere
0: definitely so it's clear that the Harry Potter books have had a significant impact on you um and let's kind of talk about some of your more personal experiences with the Potter books um I know you said that Hermione was a Uh, You related a lot to her during your adolescence. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, I, um, as a firstborn, I don't know if you relate to this too, I was very type A. I (laughs) had to get good grades. I had to follow the rules. I was very anxious as a kid and just... Um, worried about all those things that um, Hermione was worried about. And and my, also, my dad was a police officer and my mom was a lawyer, so I couldn't get away with anything. Oh. <laughs> um, so it made me really, uh, I had that, that, you know, fear in me and the anxiousness. Um, but I worked really hard in school and school came pretty easy for me. Um, and, but I also had that, you know, goody two-shoes, teacher's pet kind of thing going on that Hermione did. And so it would get me a little bit of negative attention from classmates. And um, it would, I mean, I would get some of those kind of remarks that, that Hermione mm-hmm. got. Um, and, but it helped to have somebody on my team that, you know, as I was reading the books, I was like, okay, Hermione is a great character. She's always saving these kids behind. She is uh, the most knowledgeable. She has a lot of positive um characteristics about her and I um want to like that about myself too so um even as I was trying to you know get on people's good sides and help them with their homework and do their homework for them in grade school I was um you know trying to come into my own like Hermione was and um remind myself that what the knowledge is valuable and it's not always about looking cool all the time so
0: yeah do you feel like you maybe gained some confidence out of having that relationship with the character?
1: Mm-hmm. Especially because I've always felt puffy and Hermione as a Gryffindor, she has a little more confidence than I had. And so I could say, yes, this is valuable and I need to stand up for myself and remind myself that. Okay, I'm not going to be kicked around. I'm not going to just do what everybody says or be walked all over. And I think she was a good aspirational because Gryffindors can get a bad rap too for being, um, you know, cocky or or jockey or whatever. Mm-hmm. But but their positive um, points are really self advocating, and yeah. they know when they are doing the right thing and when you know they are, you know being confident it's for a good reason so I think that's helped me as I grew up you know being surrounded by lots of Gryffindors too um just yes. looking, at, looking at Hermione and saying yes confidence is okay and it's self-advocating so
0: that's uh I think we all need a little bit of all four houses in us mm-hmm. for sure um so you talked a little earlier about you have three siblings um and there was fighting over the books, but. Uh, what what was that relationship like with you know it sounds like they were kind of a big part of your family the series was Mm -hmm.
1: yeah if that's if there's one thing that that ties us all together my parents too it's Harry Potter and we all have the same love for it we all are always rereading um we all the probably the highlight was that we went um to Universal to Harry Potter World um in 2010 I think when it first opened the summer that it opened um mm-hmm. uh, we all got to go together for family vacation um and even my dad was like okay this is pretty cool and all of us of course were just like blown away and to just share, yes. share that experience together um was really one of our highlight um vacation moments and um since then me and my, my sister and I have both gone back separately and every time we're just in our group message like oh my gosh bring me back this or have so much fun <laughs> and so we just encourage each other and, and are just so happy when the others get to experience fun Harry Potter things and um, you know sending each other memes and theories and it's continued as we've gotten older so it just continues to be kind of a, a thing that that keeps us together that's wonderful um, which I love so
0: get a kind of a weasley-ish vibe from Mm -hmm,
1: that for sure yeah my my gryffindor siblings are definitely pretty they can be weasley-ish I think (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's great
0: oh that's wonderful and it seems like uh, the more we go through this uh, it's harry potter is a very social thing for you it's very Mm -hmm. much about bonding and creating relationships with people
1: yes for sure because you know, growing up, it's it was more. I, mean, I had a couple of friends that were into it, but um, it was a, an individual thing, and I was reading by myself. And you know, but then when you get your siblings all around, and then as you get get older and have more confidence, like, yeah, I'm not ashamed that I love Harry Potter as much as I do. Um, it helps you know form friendships and and keep people together. So,
0: yeah, it's kind of a big question, but why do you why do you think you I mean, I'm asking this as another fan, but why do you think you like it so much?
1: I don't know. I I, I think that it's a combination of of that. Nostalgia for um, for your youth. So mm-hmm. just the the memories of, you know, going to the a midnight release with, with family and friends or just I remember we went on vacation, we would go on vacation in the summertime and sometimes the book releases would coincide with those. And so we'd have to stop on the way um, to wherever we were driving, get a couple of books, and then we would read it on the way to vacation. So those are just memories that stick out. Um, And just finding that other world that, I think that's, that's for everyone, finding a world that you can escape to, that helps you understand yourself and your relationships. It, it's something that you can build your whole life around almost. And you can find the re- relationships that you have in your personal life correspond a lot with relationships in Harry Potter, I feel like. And um, it's just a framework that you can continue to delve deeper into each time you read the books, each time you see the movies, each time you talk to somebody about it. I think it's just, it's a such a healthy and positive framework to have. So
0: Definitely. I know that's a big question. I think you (laughs) you answered answered it very well. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And so, you know, building connections and reflecting relationships and bringing people into this world. You also got to introduce your husband to the books. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk to us about that?
1: Yes, it was. It's one of my favorite things about us. I think is that I mean he's um, almost five years older than I am, and he just he didn't wasn't into Harry Potter as a kid or anything. Um, and when he got to know me, he knew that I was into it. And as our relationship um, got deeper, and that was, as we were together a little bit longer, I was like, you know what, you have to read Harry Potter in order to understand me better. And you have <laughs> to read Harry Potter before we get married. So we got engaged. And around that same time, he started reading them. Um, and he um, works in landscaping at a golf course. So he would download the audiobooks on our library app and he would listen to them as he was on the mowers at work and I would get texts during the day that says you know oh my gosh this is happening with with Hermione or Sirius or whatever and it was just <laughs> so cute because he was reading it for the first time and just to you know we all kind of wish we could go back and read it for the first time and figure out what our reactions were and so I kind of got to see it secondhand and um, it was it was a really cool cool experience and then we would watch the movies together and um and so as that went on we kind of got to see oh you're kind of like Ron and I'm kind of like Hermione and so I kind of was able to frame some of the things in our relationship around Hermione and Ron um Mm -hmm. because like I said he's he's a Gryffindor and Gryffindors like to feel a lot of feelings but not exactly know what they're talking about sometimes so we were able to frame like all right you do not have the emotional capacity of a teaspoon like Ron you have (laughs) emotions you're allowed to talk about them so I think it's that that gendered thing too of like okay guys men and in the world you're able to have feelings and share them in a positive and healthy way and there's going to be people that you can be vulnerable with so I think that um, was a cool part of our um, relationship journey as well um, yeah so yeah and just to see what characters he he really related to he really liked Sirius and he was heartbroken at the end of the fifth book of course and so oh. but, and he loves creature on the movies and he just thinks he's Ill- so it's it's just it was so fun to to kind of put put Harry Potter in our relationship as well so
0: definitely what a what a fun thing to see you know since he hadn't really read the books before it's like when you find out which characters he relates to it's you get to see new parts of him reflected mm-hmm. in the characters he relates to. For sure. Um, I'm curious if you have any other, either personal or professional, just any other stories about Potter in your life that you wanted to share.
1: Um, the only other, the only other thing that I was going to talk about with um the foster care aspect is that I was really um, thinking about when Harry came to the Dursleys and how his, his um, you know, life with them reflected um, maybe a, a foster kid's, kid's life as well. And I just keep thinking about how, how old Harry was when he moved in with the Dursleys and mm-hmm. how Petunia and, and Vernon had to behave around him and had to parent him and so he was you know like a little over one so he definitely could say mama and maybe papa or whatever and so did he call petunia mom how did she react to that and how did she tell him that she was his aunt um how did she have that that personal mother-son relationship with dudley and then not have it with harry Mm-hmm. Um, did she rock him? Did she bond with him? Or, or because, I mean, he is relatively well adjusted um, mm-hmm. for a kid that was in a home that, that the parents didn't care for him like they cared for Dudley. So I just have a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm thinking with compassion about, about Petunia and how hard it must have been to know that, that she is raising a kid because her, her sister died and, and did that that relationship change as he got older and started looking more like James, and and also if we go back, she was only twenty three. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing my math right, when 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 Harry came to live with her, so I mean she was young, and um, so I just think about about the kids that um, that are moving to a new place, um, they're losing their 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 parents or their. They were being mistreated by their parents. It just goes goes in so many different directions, um, because I also think about Hogwarts as a foster parent for Harry too. He left a situation at the Dursleys that wasn't great, and he went somewhere that he had people looking out for him. And mm. um, there's just a lot of a lot of connections, and um, that's the one that I I I haven't heard people talk about as much is like how did his development was it impacted by being without his parents and and having to be corrected and and not being able to say mama maybe so
0: yeah what an interesting perspective i've i've heard a lot of compassion for petunia before just because you know we know that she was emotionally affected by her sister's Mm -hmm. death um but i've never thought about it in that level of detail and uh that's it it does raise a lot of questions (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. how um was it always that bad? And that's uh, definitely something to think on as far as our uh, ever continued analysis of the books goes, as big Harry Potter fans. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, so what we're coming close to the end of our time here, um, but I want to know if you have any other words of wisdom or advice, uh, quotes, anything you'd want to share with everybody listening.
1: Um, the one um, resource that I just found as I was Googling recently um, it's called it's Jennifer Morris mental health mm-hmm. um, and she has put together some really detailed um, um, therapeutic resources um, to that are kind of like meditations um, on different um, so on PTSD on depression on anxiety on lots of different things and so she writes out. These blog posts that are kind of psychoanaly- psychoanalyzing um, either yourself or somebody that you work with, um, like in your job, through Harry mm-hmm. Potter. And so I just encourage people to go look at that um, resource if you're interested in these kind of things. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's it's a cool. She has probably maybe ten blog posts, and they're really detailed and really interesting. So I emailed her and asked her if I could plug it on here. So um, she said yes for sure. So Jennifer Morris mentalhealthcounseling.com. That's uh, wonderful. And then just also, I I also always want to plug um, foster care. I know I didn't know all that much about it um, before I started working in this position. And just the numbers are staggering. There's 438,000 kids in care on any given day. Um, so even if you have never thought about it before or if you've thought, oh, I'm, I'm not cut out for that. Just, just if you're curi- curious, do a Google search, call up a foster care agency, get some more information. Um, we have foster parents that we work with of all ages, people younger than me, uh, people that are grandparent ages, um, lots of different strengths and from all walks of life. Um, and just remember that it doesn't take a perfect person or an angel to be a foster parent. You just have to be committed to give a child a home and do the best you can under really difficult circumstances and um people say I could never be a foster parent I get too attached there's lots of um things out there that say that but that is exactly the point kids need attachment and yeah. to feel safe and it is difficult but it's even more difficult for kids without homes without safety who are in limbo Going through the toughest times in their life, so I just encourage people to think about it and don't say, don't rule yourself out just because you know, you think it will be difficult. Um, so that's that's my plug. Um, yeah,
0: thank you very much. That's very that's so important to hear. Uh, it's not something we talk about very much, and uh, it's it's not it's impossible. Always good.
1: Yeah, it's not impossible to be a foster parent. It's not. Yeah, it's not you know diving into a deep black hole of. Of just <laughs> terrible things all the time. It can be, you can bring so much positivity and stability. Um, and just, you know, you can build families in different ways. And so I yeah. see a lot of really cool um, relationships that come out of foster care, too. So,
0: well, thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you do and working within that. Uh, I know that can be really tough. And it's just, like you're saying, it's important that people are involved in this part of our our existence Mm -hmm. so um well emily we are here at the end of our time and i want to thank you so much for talking to me it's been a real pleasure
1: thank you so much for having me on it's been great
0: Thank you all for listening to this interview. Emily, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. If you guys are interested in looking at the resources she mentioned from Jennifer Morris, we'll link them below and in our social media posts. Soon we'll actually be having Jennifer on the show, so you'll get to hear from her directly. Next week, we'll be back to our more personal interviews, but you'll definitely see mental health professionals on the show in the future. We're always gonna have those personal interviews, but I'm curious to know, Are you guys enjoying the more informational interviews? Is there anything you'd like to hear from us that we haven't put out there yet? Definitely let me know either on our social media profiles or in an email. If you wanna be a guest on the show, you can visit our website and fill out our submission form. Next week, our whisper segment will return. So if you have any anonymous stories you'd like me to read at the end of the show, you can submit those there as well. Thanks for listening, everyone. Join me next week for another conversation in the headmaster's office.